0: hi hello welcome to another episode of isaiah's new stand it's your host isaiah edwards the date is march 19th 2023 hopefully this episode finds you well and um you know high hopes high spirits whatever i be saying (laughs) uh but no hopefully you're doing well hopefully feeling good as for me um we're good we're good i've been sleeping a lot i'm in like the laziest mood um I will say, though, I did get a chance to go out and get some food. I went to Lulu's, and this is uh, actually my second time going there. Um, I fucked up the first time, and I only saw, like, one half of the menu. And um, that was very disappointing because it wasn't the noodle half, which is, I think, something that they're more known for. So I came back this time determined to eat. So I got pork fried rice. I got... An egg roll, I got an order of crab Rangoon, and then I got the Singapore noodles. Now, I gotta say, the Singapore noodles were very good. I really enjoyed them. Um, it came with like uh, shrimp. and uh, yeah, just it was really it was just really yummy, <laughs> as well as the fried rice. I also enjoyed that. Um, egg roll was also good. But I got to say, what I did not like were the crab rangoons. I'm sorry. Maybe they're like an acquired taste to some people or have you. Normally, I like crab rangoons. And I'm aware that like every place makes their crab rangoons a little different. These were folded and they almost look like a little package. They're really cute. But they were just filled with um, just like the runniest cream cheese. And I think they were a little bit underdone. So there was that. But the cringy was just so sweet. Um, And I heard, like, the owner come out and talk about him because there was a person who was just raving about these crab rangoons. And he's like, yeah, it's almost like they're a dessert. And I'm like, I guess. I've just never had crab rangoons like this. So Uh, not a wow. But definitely Singapore noodles were great. And overall, I would definitely go back. Uh, Just, you know, knocking the crab rangoons there. (laughs) Uh, Let's see oh excuse me burpee burpee um can't say there's anything else on the food corner i really wanted to talk about life stuff like i said other than that we're just motoring along doing good um so yeah let's talk about some news um this was some breaking news that actually just took place today came up on my feed um from npr putin makes a surprise visit to Mariupol and tours an occupied city destroyed by war Now, this is a, I don't know, an interesting flex by Putin, I would say, Uh, but he made an unannounced trip to the occupied city of Mariupol on Saturday, touring parts of the Ukrainian city that is now uh, rebuilding after fierce attacks by Russian forces last year. Now, with his occupation, that means that, you know, Russian, um, I don't know, the infrastructure is being built there. I guess that's how I want to word it. But um, obviously, this is a very interesting thing to have had, like to develop after, you know, the ICC you know, that we covered in a previous episode this week, you know, issuing issuing the arrest warrant or whatever for him. So I think this is definitely like a little bit of a a power flex for Putin. Uh, it's also mentioned in this article that uh, Biden has done a Kiev um, trip before, you know, which we've covered. So it's very parallel, similar to that um, Putin was, like, you know, glad-handling with, like, civilians, things of that nature, uh, I'm sure this is a very staged setup situation, so, like, you know, anyone who has had any kind of opposition is probably not really around in Mariupol, and we've covered Mariupol, the siege that's happened, all this kind of shit, um, so, I mean, this town has been through a lot, and I think this is probably the most manicured kind of area that, Putin can kind of come and kind of say, hey, look, you guys aren't stopping anything here. Um, He also had, uh, I think he had made a stop in like Crimea as well. So he's essentially just hitting these occupied areas, kind of showing his face saying, hey, like, you know, arrest who? So something that I was like, all right, yeah, we'll just, you know, kind of slide this into the Sunday coverage. I normally do like to bundle it, but you know, it's kind of a bit of a Ukraine Russia resurgence. Uh, So we're talking a little bit more stuff. Uh, We can move along now. Uh, From ABC News, husband of ex-wife arrested in murder of former Microsoft executive in Florida. Father of four. Now that title was a mouthful. Uh, This is definitely an interesting true crime thing has been taking place um let me see if I can find the original person arrested uh the th- Henry Tenen um he was arrested in January and this is when I first heard about the story of the executive being murdered but I was kind of like okay that's a bit eerie but there's a lot on my docket I just kind of couldn't get to it fell through the cracks um but with this development I find that wow I, there was definitely something sitting there and it's gotten bigger So the second person has been arrested and charged in the murder of Jared Bridgigan, a former Microsoft executive who was shot and killed in the middle of Jacksonville beach street last year. um, in what authorities described as a targeted ambush. And it's a really sad story. He was driving with uh, one of his daughters and there was like a tire that was pretty much intentionally put out in the middle of the street And I guess he went out to check it out, move it. And that is when Henry Tennant is alleged to have shot him and killed him. Now, we're finding out that the second person arrested is Mario Fernandez Saldana. Uh, Yeah, Saldana. Um, And that is the husband of Bridgigan's ex-wife. And he was arrested Thursday in Central Florida without incident. Authorities announced at a press conference. Uh, he has been since indicted by a grand jury on multiple charges, including first degree murder, a capital felony. So definitely a big development. It it, it seemed because I, I didn't really press the story when I initially saw the headline. But, you know, they kind of know that it's like he, Tenen didn't act by himself. Uh, apparently, the link between them is that uh, Saldana was the landlord of Tenen so it's kind of alleged that potentially he paid him off to do this um, hit, and uh, the hit happened. So definitely a really unfortunate situation, but, you know, I'll try to keep you covered on the news from that from here on out. But yeah, you don't hear a story. I mean, there's definitely you know murders all the time, but, you know, it's not every day that it's uh, an executive guy, and then it's like this, like... I don't really know exactly what the motives are. Hopefully, that kind of comes out because I feel like that's uh, another draw to the story. But, but yeah, uh, we can go ahead and move along. Um, from the USA Today, U.S. returns 20, uh, 2700 year old artifact believed looted during the fall of Baghdad in two thousand three. Now, this headline really grabbed me because I, you know, I like history a lot so I listen to a lot of history podcasts and things like that and it's one of those things where you hear time and time again when you talk about soldiers taking over an area when they win part of the the conquest is the spoils right they come through and they do a bunch of untoward shit to the people but on top of like smashing stuff breaking stuff killing all that stuff They take things and they take a lot because like that's the loot. That's part of the reason we're doing what we're doing. That's how we as individuals get paid. Like, you know, we're not seeing our grand salary till this whole tour or whatever is done. So we want to make sure we get ours right now. So when we come home, we can sell this stuff. We can like sell this gold, these paintings, this art, all this kind of stuff. So that's the time, time and time again that happens in history. But for some reason, my silly little brain just would think when we're talking about the early aughts. That when we're talking about soldiers, people who, you know, are getting paid their career, you know, soldiers, they get their money, all that kind of shit, that they wouldn't be doing this kind of thing. This kind of behavior would be, you know, know left in the past. But silly old me, of course not. Um, American officials last week returned a 2,700-year-old Artifact to Iraq after it had been looted from the Iraq Museum in Baghdad in 2003, the FBI announced. Uh, The small artifact had been on display at the Michael C. Carlos Museum at Emory University in Atlanta. It was known as the furniture fitting with Sphinx trampling a youth. Now, the title for that piece is very aggressive. Um, the piece is pretty cool looking though. Um, it's like a sphinx with its like hand on top of, it looks like, you know, just another like Egyptian's head. Now, I'm not sure how Baghdad acquired this piece, you know, (laughs) once again, that's history. These kind of things wind up in different places for different reasons. Uh, but yeah, so essentially I guess it was taken from the Iraq museum and then it was like illegally sold to the, um, Carlos Museum. Now, officials had said that they were duped when, like, there was false documentation claiming that the object had entered the states in the United States, uh, entered the United States in 1969. Nice. But, uh, apparently they were shown, like, here's photo evidence of this, uh, piece in the, Baghdad museum in like the 80s so they're like oh okay so clearly we were we were tricked so good that they have corrected that something you know also just in terms of my podcast learning it's crazy to me how they this isn't like a isolated thing obviously they over time you know it's been coming out like hey like this thing you have in your museum it doesn't belong here it's from this place and you know insert American or insert you know British museum here they're like oh yeah but we did buy it legally so like we do own it right so it's kind of like hey, it's like oh, uh, it just should be in a museum like who really owns anything it's just so weird the kind of hurdles that sometimes they will jump through to kind of say that you should just stay where it's at when like hey it belongs to these people you took it from these people like I don't know um So yeah, so there's that. That happened this week. Um, And some bad news from the Associated Press. A second wave of layoffs at Meta. 10,000 jobs are cut. Now, we've covered job cuts before from Meta. Uh, It's part of this big, sad, um, I guess, tech bubble bursting uh it seems like now that you know there's interest rates and you know leaner times, inflation, all this kind of shit, uh a lot of the tech sector is just folding. <laughs> um in November they cut eleven thousand jobs, about thirteen percent of its workforce at the time. Um and now they're cutting another ten thousand. And also adding that um five thousand positions won't be filled, so they're only gonna take back five thousand new people. So obviously, I always hate that whole process. Anyway, right? They they cut out a lot of uh, of older employees who've been there longer, um, you know, cutting them by the wayside, and then hiring in a whole new young workforce that so they can hire at a minimum wage with you know less benefits or whatever the fuck. Um, so I obviously, hate that corporate policy method lifestyle. I don't really want to fucking call it, but um, it it's a shame that it, it's like the times are just getting leaner and leaner, um. Obviously, fuck Facebook, fuck Twitter, fuck all these motherfucking tech businesses. They they thought during what you know COVID time that they were just gonna get away with it and like oh we're we're so invite we're so vital we're so important and I think Mark Zuckerberg is especially cringe because he's like you know what. This is perfect, actually, because now we're going to do the whole Metaverse thing, and everyone's going to live in the Metaverse, and everyone's going to buy Michael Jordan shoes and live in their Metaverse houses, and we're all going to charge Like, he just had this whole-ass fantasy, and he still is believing in it, even though no one is, a, like, no one cares about this shit, bro. Like, no one wants to be on the Metaverse, especially uh, when we all were, like, going back outside. Like, everyone hates fucking Facebook, dude. <laughs> uh, it's so silly. Um... So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely just more egg on Mark's faces, or Mark, yeah, his many faces, his reptilian faces. But um, I guess, though, the silver lining for Facebook is that their stock rose nearly 7% on Tuesday. And, I mean, another thing that I'm learning with this whole bank shit is that stocks really do rule so much. Like... When I'm talking about like bank runs and things of that nature and like why are people so motivated, it's because they see these stocks like investors going, you know what? This bank is PU or this like tech company is PU like or whatever. Insert company here. And then they make moves based on these numbers, of whether they're rising or they're lowing. Like at the end of the day, Mark Zuckerberg just wants to make these kind of people happy so that more and more people will invest and give him money. Um, And all these companies are no different. (laughs) anywho honestly this 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 story is my favorite Uh, i did say the best for last here um let me go ahead and take my little break and then we will do it we will cap it off with a little bit of a caper All right, we're back from the AFP, Spain. <coughs> we're not back. <laughs> Spain police <coughs> arrest 16 in Olive Heist. So long time listeners know I love a good heist. I love a good heist. And um, I'd say this one was good. There was, you know, no loss of life. That's good. Um, there is a Las Vegas involved, even though I've come to learn that it is not Las Vegas, Nevada. There is a Las Vegas in Spain, probably like an OG Las Vegas, whatever. But um, also I learned that Vegas me- in Spanish means meadow. So it's the meadow, which just makes you think about our Las Vegas and Nevada. And I'm like, it's a fucking desert. Like, what, what, is that an ironic terminology there? I don't know. Uh, someone let me know. Uh, thieves operating in Las Vegas, a rural area near Spain's capital, Madrid, managed to steal 17.5 tons of olives from the local farms before being busted, police said Friday as they confirmed 16 arrests. I also have to love this because I got this from Yahoo News as, like, the overall. And I went down to the comments, and someone just said, that's dot, 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 a lot of olives. (laughs) I'm sorry, but you're right. It is a lot of olives. Um, But apparently the Guardia Civil uh, had arrested and investigated 21 people behind the theft. Um... And um, indicating that 16 people had been arrested and five others investigated. So, uh, definitely, well, I'll, I'll go about how it kind of went down. Uh, the investigation began in January when a farmer complained about the theft of 8,400 kilograms of olives um, that were stolen from his land. And the police made a link with other similar incidents in the area involving significant quantities of olives. So these guys were just hitting up these local rural farmers and just swarming, just taking up all their shit. Um, I don't know, maybe it's in the middle of the night, whatever. They're just taking it. And, um, you know, finally, more and more farmers are coming out saying, hey, like, someone's taking all my olives. And... I guess the police were able to, like, say, okay, we're we're, we're putting the dots together. But, obviously, the, the big aftermath foible here, and usually this is how you wind up finding about it, is there's the mistakes along the way. Um, in early February, they were alerted to the presence of five people in a vehicle carrying 140 kilograms of olives in broad daylight, but none of them could prove they were legally acquired. So could you imagine that, right? Like... I imagine it's pretty harrowing in the amount of times that they've like hit up these local rural farmers, but when you're driving in the middle of the day with a thing of olives and people know like people are getting their olives jacked, something is up here. There's a crime being afoot and therefore these guys got busted. Um, So that's a shame that happens. Um, Excuse me, sorry um but uh let's see investigators then raided two olive presses in the toledo and guadalajara regions that were allegedly receiving the stolen fruit arresting those in charge um so they got them uh the age of the detainees were between 20 and 57 so a wide range of offenders um and the offenses included theft fraud and receiving stolen goods so that's what we got there be careful, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do your crimes, you know, you gotta, you gotta, I don't know, ride clean, fly, fly casual, that's the word I'm looking for, you know, you gotta fly casual, y'all, like, if you got all these olives, you gotta fly casual with them, um, but thank you so much for tuning in, thank you to all my newsies, my supporters, um, the clickers, the long listeners, you're all the best. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye.